Hi everyone, welcome to the Understand the Bible podcast. We're starting a new series today on the book of Daniel. I think Daniel is one of the most important books for us to be looking at, particularly in the Western world, where our world is becoming more and more secular and less Christian. How do we survive and stay faithful to God in a culture like this? I think the book of Daniel really helps us, and so that's what this this sermon and this series is going to be about, staying faithful to God. Just to let you know as well, there are some other things on the YouTube channel. There's more content available there. Uh, there's um, Your Questions Answered. I've been working on some videos with questions. Um, the most recent one being, does God give us what we want? And I've also started a new series on the Apostles' Creed. And that may be something that you'd like to look at as well, the Apostles' Creed. So thanks so much, everyone, for joining me. Don't forget to subscribe if you haven't already to the podcast. And I hope that you enjoy the sermon. Um, 
So let's look at uh, let's look at this chapter then, Daniel chapter one. This is sort of setting the scene really. So verses one and two. This is when the unthinkable happened. Um, in the third year of the reign of Jehoiakim, king of Judah, Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, came to Jerusalem and besieged it. And the Lord delivered Jehoiakim, king of Judah, into his hand. So the people of Judah were delivered into the hands of Babylon. And that's the moment when, you know, no one wants that to happen. Um, you know, last, last year, I think a, a couple of years ago, I was reading a book about the Battle of Britain. Because it was, I think, the 80-year anniversary of the Battle of Britain. And um, I was reading about it, and I, I just hadn't realised before how, how um, serious the threat of the invasion was from Operation Sea Lion, those of you who, who knew it. And I never, as a, we never really were taught that. And it's hard for me to imagine what it must be like to, to worry that seeing your country overrun with an enemy army. But that's exactly what happened to Judah. And, um, but do you notice though, it says, but God, the Lord, delivered. It was just what God had promised. He promised through the prophets, he promised through Moses, he said, if you, if you disobey me, then this is what's going to happen. And it happened, the people disobeyed God, they turned away from him. And he'd given them many warnings, and they hadn't listened. So this is what happened. And, it's just the faithfulness of God, actually, in a sense, isn't it? Faithfulness of God to his promises. God is faithful to his promises, both good and, and if you like, bad. Every promise of God. And God is faithful to what he, he promises. And if he promises judgment, in this case, then that is what happened. Um, and uh, the articles of the temple were carried off to Babylonia, to um, articles from the temple were, were carried off and put in the treasure house of his God, Nebuchadnezzar's God. And so that's like the religious, seen as a religious triumph. That was what they, um, they saw, that um, they would have seen that as a triumph of their God over the God of, of Judah, the God of Israel. And um, that's, a really, that's why the writer includes that detail and that becomes significant later on in Daniel. So, um, so then, um, it turns now to, to Nebuchadnezzar, what does he do? So he orders this chap called Ashpenaz um, to bring into the king's service some of the Israelites from the royal family and the nobility. And if you think about it, then invading another country, uh, it, might, it might be, you know, in some ways you get the benefits of that, but there's a lot more happening. You know, you, you, need, you need more people, don't you, to, to rule, to, um, you know, administrate. Um, so that's what really he was looking for, not just to take the best of the Israelite or the Judean, Judean um, crops and, and resources, but to take their people as well. So he says, take some of the young people, because they're not indoctrinated as yet, into all of their, their religion, and we're going to make them Babylonian. That's what he's thinking. We're going to take some of their best young men and we're going to make them Babylonian. And um, that's how they kept their empire running. You know, they just made people, turned people into Babylonians. And so they were to be taught for three years, uh, it says. Maybe enough time to forget home. Maybe that's what they thought. And um, even, verses 6, 7, 7, they were to be given new names. 
And um, that's a really significant thing, isn't it, being given a new name? You think about the times in the Bible when God gives someone a new name. Now, Abraham becomes Abraham, Simon becomes Peter, uh, and so on. You know, all through the Bible, many times, and it's a new identity. That's the, the significance of the new name. It's a, a new identity. So the new names, they were saying, you're no longer an Israelite, you're a Babylonian. That was what they were effectively doing. You're one of us now. That was the, that was the, the, the purpose of, of, of that. But Daniel, he, he takes a stand in a way which is um, a bit surprising, I think, actually. Is this in verse 8? Daniel resolved not to defile himself with the royal food and wine. Um, and he asked the chief official for permission not to defile himself. So um, he, he approaches the chief official and says, please can not do it. The chief official says, no, the king will have my head if, uh, if um, you, know, you don't eat from the, the royal table. So then he asks someone else, and uh, the guard says, well, I don't know. And he's like, just test us. Give us the vegetables for, um, was it 10 days? And um, there we go. And, and uh, then compare our appearance. And we'll, you know, if we look more healthy, then keep coming. So that's what he does. And perhaps the guard is thinking, oh, I've got something in this for myself. Maybe he thought, I can take the food for myself. You know, no one else knew about it. So um, that's maybe what, what, what was going on there. But why does it say Daniel resolved not to defile himself? Because it's not entirely clear why Daniel chooses to do it. Now, is it that he wanted to keep kosher um, because the, the food that was being offered was not kosher? But then he didn't have to just take not take the wine. The wine wasn't forbidden by the food laws in the Old Testament. Um, was it because the food was offered to idols? Um, but then were the vegetables not offered to, to idols as well? You know, it does, it's not entirely clear why he does that. I think the reason why he did it was that it was it was the thing that he 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 felt he had to do. Um, do you know that expression? He who pays the piper calls the tune. And I, I think what, what was going through Daniel's mind was thinking, if I accept this, then Nebuchadnezzar has got a hold of me. You know, I, I'm buying in to, to everything. You know, it's like I can, I can study the books, that's fine. I can, um, you know, accept, accept things, I have to live somewhere. But I don't have to accept the food from the king's table. I can just have plain kind of ordinary food and not the food from the king's table. <clears throat> so it was only a small thing and, and um, no one would have known about it. Now the king didn't know about it. The king only saw them looking more healthy than everyone else. The only people who knew were Daniel and his friends, his, his companions, and the guard knew about it. So it was only a small gesture but it sets up what happens in the coming chapters. That small gesture of resistance sets up what happens in the, in the coming chapters. He gives them uh, for greater things. And God blesses their faithfulness because they do look more healthy uh, and better nourished, as it says in verse 15, than any of the young men who ate the royal food. Um, so God blessed them in that. And then God blessed them in everything else. 
And uh, uh, just at the end there, it says, um, God gave knowledge and understanding of all kinds of literature and learning. That's verse 17. And Daniel could understand visions and dreams of all kinds. Something again that we'll see in the coming, the rest of the uh, chapters of Daniel. And so uh, it says um, he found that no equal, it says he found them ten times better than all the magicians and enchanters in his whole kingdom. And that was because of God. So even there, in that situation where the unthinkable had happened, when the, the people of Judah had been invaded by the Babylonian army, taken away, God was still with Daniel. He hadn't abandoned him. And God was still working. That's what we'll see in the, uh, in the coming chapters. So I hope that straight away that's an encouragement to us. And this is the, the first thing, the first other point um, just that we can take away from this is that God, he raises and he destroys kingdoms and empires. They're in his hands and for his purposes at the end of the day. And I know uh, over the last few uh, few weeks, particularly, I mean, well, a long time really, we've, we've had some relentless bad news about things happening in the world. Think about what's happened with the Taliban um, in Afghanistan and you may be you know, thinking, oh dear, you know, and think about what's happened in China, and you know, some of the, um, I mean, I, I was watching something, oh, will China invade Taiwan or something, and someone thinks that's quite likely within the next 10 years, and oh dear, you know, more things happening in the international world, Russia, of course, and there's so many, um, so many things where there's worries, but the lesson is for us, don't fear, do not fear the news. Don't fear what's happening with nations because it's in God's hands and he will raise up people. He raises kingdoms. He brings them down. That's God's job and it's not our, not our job to worry about, about that. The second thing is uh, bringing it more personally. Empires will demand our allegiance. Empires will demand our allegiance. And that's what Daniel and his friends found. And we're finding that more today. So, for example, Father David Palmer found this. He was um, uh, uh, an ordained Catholic minister. He was appointed by the Catholic bishop to be a um, chaplain to Nottingham University. And Nottingham University basically said no, uh, because he'd written some um, things on, online, on social media, critical of abortion, amongst other things. And what David Palmer has found, and, and many other people have found this in the UK over the last, you know, few years, if you don't bow down to these secular ideologies, you'll be out on your ear. If you don't bow down to these secular ideologies, you will not play a part in the secular society. And it's, it's happening more. We're being asked to bow down to, to what the secular, this sort of secular religion is, uh, is telling us. Think about um, David Cameron, for example, who said that that's all right. Think about what David Cameron said a few years ago when the church was debating about women bishops. And David Cameron said, we need to give the church a, quote, sharp prod. Do you remember that? Um, well, I, I think, you know, God gave David Cameron a sharp prod uh, in the end. But, <laughs> but that's the thing. That's, that's how it's going. 
the, 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 the state wants the church to be subservient and to follow its agenda. That's what's happening. And we are being told we must follow, we must submit to the state's agenda more and more. And it's, it's I think, unless things change, which I hope they will, things are going to keep getting worse. So we need to be ready for that. But the third thing is we must stay loyal to God. We must stay loyal to God, as Daniel did. We must be, uh, be prepared to stand up, to put our hand up and say, no, I'm going to be loyal to, to the true God, not to you, not to the government, not to, um, uh, you know, not to whatever you're trying to impose upon us. And of course, that's morally speaking, that's, um, I guess that's the, the thing that we might jump to. There are a lot of issues in society where morally, it's different to what the Bible says. Um, but I think it's, it's even greater than that, actually. It's just saying, who is ultimate? Who has ultimate control? Who has ultimate power over our lives? Um, you know, the state or, or the empire is not ultimate. We will not bow down and worship the state. And I, I was thinking a little bit about um, last year and how the churches were forced to close. And, um, and I think, actually, that, that is, that's an example of this, isn't it? No, it's apparently the first time that churches have been closed in this country for 1,200 years. And, um, you know, it's, that's, not, that's a separate question to whether we shouldn't close because of COVID and everything. I think if churches are closed voluntarily, that's different. But the government saying, you must close, that's, that's where the states see themselves now. They see themselves as being in the position to tell the church to close. And that is, that's wrong, I think. And we must be on the lookout for, for that sort of thing. But the final thing is, the final thing, and this is good news, we'll finish with the good news, is that God will bless those who stay faithful. And that's the, the big lesson from, from Daniel. That, um, yes, we, we may be in a hostile, hostile culture, or a culture which is growing increasingly hostile to the gospel, and persecuting the church and Christians more, but God will bless those who stay faithful to him, who stand up and say, I'm not going with this, and that I'm going to stick with God, I'm going to stick with his ways, and I'm going to love him, and not bow down to you. And, um, and that, there is the blessing, there is the protection, there is, there is God, and everything that God offers is actually when we stay faithful and close to him. So don't fear the empire, don't bow down to the empire. But actually remember that God is the one who we bow to. And God sets the rules and that we should look to him and be encouraged that he blesses those who stay close to him. And let's take a moment to pray and ask God for his help. Because um, I'm often struck actually when I read Paul. I think Paul was just an amazing evangelist, always, you know, fantastic. And you know what he asked for? Courage and boldness. And I think, why did Paul ask for that? But... If, and I think if he needed to ask for courage and boldness, goodness me, so do I, and so do we, I'm sure. Let's pray. So, Heavenly Father, we pray that you would help us to, um, to listen to what you have to say to us through uh, this book of Daniel. We pray that you would help us to, uh, to be, uh, have the courage to bow to you alone and to uh, live as um, shining like stars in this generation, which is increasingly turning away from you. Please give us courage and wisdom and boldness and love 
All of these things, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.